Hello, I'm Mario Taniguzzi, Managing Editor of Canada's Podcast, taking care of business today with Vince Gusso, who is a entrepreneur, well-known entrepreneur in Quebec, also a dragon on Dragon's Den television show. Thanks a lot for joining us today, uh, Vince. Thank you for having me again. Well, let me ask you in, in general, how would you describe the state of entrepreneurship in this country today? Um, I would tell you that, I mean, the, the, the spirit of entrepreneurship is uh, alive and kicking. Uh, but I would tell you that, um, you know, there are troubled waters uh, um, right now. And, and, and I guess we're all hoping that 2024 uh, is the end of a, of a, of a, of a tornado uh, and that things are going to start calming down and interest rates are going to go back down and banks are going to be a little uh, 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 less, uh, less number crunching and more uh, uh, um, logical. Um, you know, uh, uh, COVID is, is, is over, but the impact and the consequences of COVID are not over. Uh, and I believe that, you know, one of the, uh, the, the the decision from the prime minister's office today was that he would not be extending the SIBA loans. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's uh, uh, not a lot of money per entrepreneur per se, but, you know, not every entrepreneur has $60,000 readily available or can make those payments over three years. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, everybody needs to realize that, uh, you, you know, debt is debt and debt that was acquired without any, I guess equipment or 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 asset or cash flow positivity from it is doubly negative debt. Yeah, when you're looking at uh, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, you know uh, you mentioned the SIBA loan loans that are due on January 18th. Uh, you meant uh, you know there's also all these different taxes that uh, entrepreneurs face. You know increases in payroll taxes, increase. In carbon tax, yeah, you know, uh, all that type of stuff, and then of course the costs of doing business. Uh, how do how do these entrepreneurs survive in these times? Well, it's a question of reinventing, and and you know the real problem is that uh, there's a lot of you know what I like to to say is there's a lot of new technology coming in, making being an entrepreneur easier. Yeah, and nobody really realizes that every new technology coming in that costs you an extra one percent, two percent in processing fees, et cetera, et cetera, is is a direct attack to your bottom line, right? Yeah. And unless you can increase the cost of your product, well, then then you're absorbing that uh, increased cost. And the real problem is that, you know, and, and we saw it this year in the movie industry, while everybody's tooting, you know, that that movies are back and, and everything's going to be great and brick and mortar is back. You know, all of a sudden, you know, there, there's, there's people who never believed in brick and mortar that are now coming back and believing that brick and mortar is back. People don't want to, you know, stay at home. And even if they just have to walk in a, in a large surface store and intertwine with other people, they rather do that than do the online stuff. But the problem is that insecurity is in the air. I mean, you know, people, are making today payments on their homes, which is equivalent to what they were doing 12 months ago, but that's only to cover the interest. Yeah. It no longer covers the capital, right? Mm -hmm. And now people are, you know, when you've had when you've had a, an extended period of, you know, 10 years or even 12 years of amazing in low interests and 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 the money was flowing, 
COVID was a reminder, but, you know, to be ready. But I don't, I don't think anybody saw it as we're going to get ready. Uh, and I think that 2023 was the bad year for everybody. I mean, you know, uh, uh, everybody is, um, I would say a lot of small entrepreneurs are all asset rich, very cash flow poor. And, and I always like to say when I was, uh, when I was cash flow rich, my banks wanted assets. Then I became asset rich and they wanted cash flow. Right. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there and I go, what is it exactly? You know? And so it's that perfect balance between the two. Like I said, I mean, you know, we're going through a transition, you know, banks have, have changed, uh, um, you know, after 20 years, I'm in the process of, of changing bank. So, you know, uh, you've got to find the right financial partners and in troubled waters, uh, I think entrepreneurs need to remember that, you know, their best friend is the, you know, the financial partner that actually believes in them and not the financial partner that believes in what the computer is telling them to do and check a box and you got to yeah. fit in this box. Yeah. With all those challenges out there, are you surprised that not more uh, businesses have shut their doors here in the last years or so? I have a feeling that, you know, a lot of people have, have, have really uh, dug deep and, and, and used a lot of their own money and, and they've tried in any way possible not to have to declare bankruptcy. But I have a feeling that, 2024, Q1 of 2024 may be challenging. Uh, and, and you know, there's a reason why the Bank of Canada is announcing that, you know, early spring, it intends on dropping interest rates. I mean, I would do it earlier than later, but yeah. we can't force them to do anything. So, uh, uh, but I have a feeling that they're going to have to, uh, um, in other words, I, I, I think that the bankruptcy rates will be at an all-time high Q1. That's my, that's unfortunately my, my guess on this. Um, will those people be able to restructure and, and quickly come out of it? Possibly. Many of them, you got to remember, you know, we're talking about the SIBA loans, but there were the HASCAP loans and there was a whole bunch of loans uh, uh, that were, you know, non-guaranteed, which the government, you know, if the government wants to squeeze, it can squeeze. But I mean, a lot of people will just go belly up and reopen. Yeah, uh, you know, under a different name, and 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 the government will still lose the money. The only thing that'll happen is everybody's going to have, you know, a, a blemish on their uh, on their uh, credit reports. Yeah, well, you know, the other thing, other aspect of it is uh, even in this tough environment, we're seeing a lot of businesses that open up. Right, that surprised you. Well, I mean, look, I mean, I, I think the human spirit is is you know, an entrepreneurial spirit is such that you know. Uh, um, you know, Michelle and Manjeet and I often say this, you've got to be a little bit of a maverick and a risk taker to even think about being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the correlation between, you know, intelligence and risk taking isn't always, you know, it's not linear. It's not, you know, so, you know, sometimes we get worried. I can look, I can tell you that uh, most entrepreneurs that I've, had the opportunity to look at financial statements for, you know, through investments or whatever, a bit like ourselves, our debt is strictly COVID related debt. We have no operational debt that doesn't come from those call it two and a half years of COVID yeah. uh, because it took about two and a half years to actually get back to some form of normality. But uh, then some industries got hit harder than others, like the restaurant industries, this, 
the last queue in Quebec have, have been hit very hard. The movie theater industry has been hit hard. Worst Christmas in, in the history mm. of the industry. Uh, but, you know, it's not a question of are people not going to go back to theaters. I think the question was that we just came out of COVID. We had July, August, which were 20, 25 points pre-COVID, up on pre-COVID numbers, which were amazing. And then we get September with a writer's strike and then actors yeah. want, you know, have be solid there to, to, to the writers. And, and so now movies are moving. And the Dune that had to be at Christmas now goes to March. Yeah. It makes a difference. You know, that's a easily a, a half a billion dollar movie in two weeks that's gone out of Christmas and, and, and yeah. it's gone to March. Right. And And so while that's, you know, the nice thing about the movie business is what, what you don't get today, you're going to get tomorrow because you just moved the movie over. The fact of the matter is the cash flow is needed today. It's not needed tomorrow necessarily, right? And so everybody's having, uh, uh, I would tell you, everybody's having a hard time. Uh, but there's always light at the end of the tunnel, right? There's only so much pain that somebody can take until things yeah. got to turn around, right? You know, Mary, you remember me saying once, I think, on, on one of your previous shows, you know, when you think you're in hell, you continue walking. Why the hell would you want to just stay still in hell? Just continue walking. You'll eventually get out of it. Or, yeah. you know, my latest one is uh, I asked one of my sons, I said, you know, what would you do if you were, you know, in the middle of a field and, and you see a tornado is coming towards you? Yeah. Right. And half of the kids said, well, we'd turn around and run the opposite way. <laughs> said, really okay and he says well what would you do i'd run straight for that tornado and he says well, what do you mean well if i run to it and then i get through it i'm done if i'm running away from it it's following me it's going to follow me for a while True. right so i'm gonna have to face that tornado for a long the, the the threat of it for a long time behind me right True. so sometimes you just gotta uh, uh snip what it is that needs to be snipped and and, and move on with it uh, yeah what do you think governments have to do today to help small businesses? Look, I, I really think that, and I really believed that the government was going to just eventually just turn around and and write off all of the, you know, SIBA loans, all of those house cap loans, all of that craziness, because I thought they were intelligent enough to realize that they created the problem and that yeah. they would take some accountability for it, right? Uh, but doesn't look like that's what they're going to do. I think all of a sudden, you know, we're going to go from a fairly left-wing way of thinking, and all of a sudden somebody wants, you know, I, I guess the PM's office wants to tell us that he's, he's, you know, fiscally prudent all of a sudden, but it's going to be on the back of entrepreneurs and of Canadians, right? And so I never understood, you know, why uh, – um, the whole craziness of COVID, but but it carried on. And and even the, look, it's not a secret. I was one of the ones that uh, was being called by once in a while from, you know, the central bank and, and being asked, what did I think about increasing interest rates? And I said, you guys are not understanding that in theory, right? Because I'm an economist, in theory, yeah, you increase interest rates, you're going to slow down the... Um, uh, 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 you know the growth of business, uh, the growth of the industry, or or the market, and inflation will be under control. The yeah. problem is that inflation wasn't out of control. Inflation was high because the transport sector was taking advantage 
right? And so by increasing interest rates, we didn't reduce gas, you know, gas costs. We didn't decrease uh, energy costs. We didn't increase. In fact, because of the indebtedness of most entrepreneurs, I would tell you that the minute interest rates went up, everybody up to their prices, right? So movie prices went up in the last 24 months. Why? Because it has to offset the increased interest rate charges that we now have. By consequence, you're slowing down the market economy, but you're upping the cost of all other goods, mm. right? So it wasn't that surprising that, that inflation wasn't dropping as quickly as everybody thought. In the meantime, I think that the only real people that, if I could say benefited, is, is it may be the banks, uh, uh, you know, by charging higher interest rates, but not necessarily paying out higher interest rates on your savings, right? So, yeah. <laughs> and that's where the issue is. So I think the spread was better for them. Uh, but hey, you know, sometimes if your financial partner is better off, so are you, but uh, it's not always the case. Yeah. From a, uh, I guess, from a personality kind of standpoint, what does it take to be an entrepreneur, especially now? You know, uh, I was I was explaining to my kids. I spent a lot of time with my kids in 2023 uh, uh, during the summer. I spent five weeks away for, with them, and then during the, the the Christmas holidays, I spent two weeks away with them. And one of the things I tried to explain to them that an entrepreneur is basic. You know, I I did the analogy with working out, and I said, you know, why is it that a human's willing to go into a gym and suffer the pain of muscle sore and, and, and so forth and so forth, working out for his health. Well, being an entrepreneur is basically the same thing, only it's about the stress level and it's about the mental, you know, the impact on your mental uh, health and your the amount of endurance and the amount of torture yeah. you can take from the stress. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what it really is. Uh, um, you know, being an entrepreneur is about handling the ups and downs, the roller coaster, right? And, and, um, I would tell you that it's facing the fears, you know, that other people are not willing to face, right? People who, you know, I always like to say people who have a job nine to five are no smarter or dumber than an entrepreneur. They just don't want to take the risk. Yeah. And 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 they don't want to live with the anxiety and the stress of the risk taking of A, putting maybe their own capital on the table, B, putting their name and reputation on the table and C, getting you know, calls that payments are late or this or that, or, or, you know, the, you know, I always, I used to tell a banker of mine every once in a while, he's every year he would ask me for my forecasts and I would give them to him. And then at the end of the year, we'd go over it. Every time I was off where I, I, I performed less than I expected to perform. He would point it out to me. Every time I overperformed, he never pointed it out to me. And I said, you know, this is the most ungrateful relationship I am in. She said, what do you mean? <laughs> well, you know, it's worse than a marriage because when I do good, my wife once in a while tells me I'm happy. You know, you did good. You yeah. never tell me I did good. You just tell me, hey, how come you didn't meet your ratios this time? Or how come you didn't do this? Yeah. When I meet everything and I'm over, I get no gratitude from you. Like, seriously, man, I need some more love from you, right? And I mean, we were joking, but it is the... It, it is the ungratefulness of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. It's not for the faint of heart. And, and it's not, I mean, if you're looking for compassion and if you're looking for somebody to, you know, to, um, 
to be supportive and somebody to sort of uh, uh, um, understand you. Being an entrepreneur, I mean, you're going against the grind here. I mean, nobody, I, look, I've argued with banks and when I overperformed, they just said, well, you got lucky or they just said, well, it doesn't matter. We don't understand that kind of, we don't understand the that business. So it's okay that we were wrong, right? But, but yeah. we're still not gonna, you know, I had a banker once tell me that he knew nothing about the movie business. If I was in the shrimp business, that business he understood. And, and, and I scratched my head and I said, <laughs> are you telling me that you have more faith in the fishery business, which is the most subsidized industry in Canada yeah. for the movie industry? And he goes, yeah. Oh my God, I think I got to change bank. And, and, and I changed financial partner at that time. But you understand it, it's, it's not easy to, uh, you know, that's why on Dragon's End, we often say, you got to be a salesman. You got to be able to pitch your, your idea. You've got to be able to make us believe in what you're telling us. Mm. Because we know that that's the problem. That is the problem we all face with banks, with partners, with, with you know, institutions, with landlords or whatever. I mean, you know, and, and, and to be honest, you know, I look, I know what I'm going through these days with a lot of, you know, my partners and everything. And, and I tell myself, that small entrepreneur who's, you know, renting space from a landlord who's over leveraged and he thought he was going to pay two and a half, three percent forever. And now he's paying seven, eight percent. That rent, as little as it may be, is crucial for that landlord. And they're pushing hard. I mean, they're really pushing hard. And, and landlords need to understand that the same way banks need to understand you can only squeeze a lemon so much until there's nothing left to squeeze. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the last thing I was going to ask you, like if, uh, if you're an entrepreneur and don't have the passion for it, especially the, what you're doing, you're pretty much toast, aren't you? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, look, I mean, a lot of people don't realize it maybe, but it, it, you know, entrepreneur has to be synonymous of, passionate in what you want to do. I mean, if it's just, if you think you're going to be an entrepreneur as a nine to five worker, yeah, right. It's either, it's either you inherited the company, you know, from somebody and, and you think you're just coasting, right. Because you're lucky enough to have this one widget that only you produce and the whole yeah. world needs, uh, <laughs> or, or, or you're out, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to get blown out of the water eventually just because, you know, I mean, it's, um, you know, uh, I, I once, I once met. I think it. I think she was my grade four, grade five teacher, a, a few years before COVID. While I was, I think it was my second year on Dragons. Then, and she said to me, "You know, I really thought you would never amount to anything. I thought you were like a major troublemaker, and I thought, you know, you were gonna like eventually just, you know, be be a crook or something, right?" And I and I laughed and I said, "You know what kept me out of trouble?" being an entrepreneur because I had no time yeah. <laughs> in my day, apart from sleeping, working, and maybe trying to spend some time with my family uh, to actually do anything that got me in trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's a, it's a life mission. Uh, you know, I think I've said this to you in the past. When I travel, I have one luggage that is my office. It literally comes along with me at all times and wherever I am, beach, no beach, 
yeah. you know, snow slopes, no snow slopes. I'm I'm working for that five, six, seven hours a day. I have no choice. I, I need to, you know, and, and if I don't do it, I literally feel guilty. I, like I almost yeah. feel like uh, it's as if the anxiety goes up and says yeah. like, I didn't do my job today. Yeah, no, I hear you. All right. Well, thanks very much, uh, Vince, for joining us today. Thank you very much, Mary. Always a pleasure. All right, super. That was Vince Gusso, who is a well-known Quebec entrepreneur and a dragon on Dragon's Den television show. I'm Mario Tonaguzzi, Managing Editor of Canada's Podcast, Taking Care of Business. Thanks for joining us today.